welcome to the Undercover Angel Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for tuning in to the Undercover Angel Podcast. It's a it's amazing how sensitive this $65 Amazon podcasting microphone is. It picks up everything. Side note, perfectionism will paralyze you if you let it. So I'm choosing to cast perfectionism aside. As many of you know, I am a coach, life coach, been coaching now for 12 years. The coaching work I do is doesn't really have an addiction focus. I don't really work with addicts. That's not my that's not my job. The work with addicts is done as a it's it's service work. It's service work. We will get into recovery in a hundred or so more episodes, but recovery is very, very powerful. And the way human beings come together to support others in recovering is truly miraculous. But I digress to the chapter or the vignette entitled The Squirrel. And the squirrel, you might consider the the squirrel chapter the first realization or my first encounter with life and the sacredness of life. Like it was the first time I realized how sacred life was. I was a very sensitive, still am a very sensitive human being. It was a very sensitive child and there was no one to support me in that sensitivity. There wasn't someone who, you know, what do they call it now? HSBs, highly sensitive beings, you know, in the spiritual community. There was no one who came along when I was growing up and, and there was no one who, who came along when I was growing up and told me, you're a highly sensitive being. It's a spiritual gift. Let me support you in discovering the ways to harness your sensitivity. Nope, that's not how it went back in the 1980s. And I don't think it's how it goes now very often either. Children don't have language to, they can't language these things. And oftentimes adults don't know how to address children in such a way that they honor the gifts that the children have. And so this sensitivity was a gift. And when I witnessed this event happening, this is fast forward a few years. This is, I was probably 10 or 11 years old when this happened. And when you're a 10 or 11 year old boy, like early, early, early adolescence, sort of in that, in that period between childhood and adolescence, like fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade ish, you have these ideas. Like there's these uh, there was a, I was really a typical little boy in so many ways. And so a little boy thinks that war is cool, thinks that guns are cool, wants to be a soldier someday. And I used to play with GI Joes and, and I played guns. Like me and my neighbors had the most epic gunfights. We would play guns for hours and hours and hours. It was the most, it was the funnest thing ever. Like, you know, you have your little hideout spots in the bushes and you know, you know, you have, it, it turns into this whole universe, the playing of guns. And I played paintball not that long ago. It's still pretty gosh darn fun, especially when there's an actual projectile. But back to the chapter on the squirrel. So in, in a 10-year-old, 11-year-old boy's mind, like shooting a squirrel with a BB gun is a, is a cool idea. It's a good idea. 
right? Like it seems like the natural thing you would do if you had a BB gun. Like you start with a can and then you find, then the, it gets, it gets boring shooting the can. And then you look for the, uh, the, the, the first living being that you can, whose life to extinguish. And so I remember my friend's dad pulled out this gun this BB gun, and I and I saw it, and I just thought, like, that is the that is the coolest thing that could ever be, you know. And he didn't let us shoot it; we just had to watch him shoot it. But it was just one of those typical air air pistols, you know, with the CO two cartridge. And and we're all hanging out, and he's shooting this can, and there's like four, three or four or five of us. We're all the same age, roughly, within one or two years of each other. And he's shooting the can, and the can is flipping up into the air and landing back down. And we're all so jealous. We want to shoot the gun. You got to figure this. His dad was probably like, I don't know, like 35 at the time or something, like way younger than I am now. He's just a dude. He's like drinking beer and like shooting this can. And then all of a sudden the squirrel comes by, and he hits the squirrel. And at first it was like this sort of cool thing, but I personally immediately sensed that something was horrifically wrong. And I immediately understood that what was happening was an act of brutality. And I knew that what was happening in front of me was disgusting and evil and wrong. And all of the, all of the kids, the, the, we were all boys, we were watching this and it was just silent. And he, he hit the squirrel once and the squirrel kind of slowed down. And then he hit the squirrel again and the squirrel slowed down some more. And then the squirrel is like clawing itself through the grass. It was very close to where we were. And, and it was dying this slow, painful, agonizing death. And it was like this had happened to me before. Like I had suffered something this horrific. And that was what this empathy, this ability to experience in a lot of ways to connect with the experience of this poor little squirrel perhaps that empathy came as a result of something that happened to me in a previous lifetime who knows all i know is that i was deeply deeply affected i was deeply impacted by this experience i could feel the poor little squirrel's pain and i could see how cold this man was, my friend's dad, who was deliberately shooting this thing over and over and over again. And, and I mean, he shot the thing probably 25 times, and all of us are just standing there watching this extinction of life. And something inside of me, like a switch sort of flicked or flipped, and I just knew or understood in that moment that life was sacred. Again, didn't have language, didn't have words, only had this, these feelings gurgling up inside of me. And this was a traumatic event for me. And very often we have traumatic events that happen, that kind of happen at intervals. They happen when we're like, three, then they'll happen when we're five, then we'll ha- then they'll, they will happen when we're, we'll have an event when we're like 10, and then we'll have an event when we're like 15. Typically, this is how it goes. It's almost like it's, they're preordained or something or predestined 
or part and parcel of this existence that you will they, they, that you have to live is these events. But this was deeply traumatizing for me and and deeply moving. And I didn't have anywhere to go with it. So I just witnessed this thing happen. And then I've got no one to talk to. No one to verbalize it to. And I go home for dinner. I leave my friend's house and I go home for dinner, ride my skateboard home for dinner or my bike or whatever. And my mom says, how was how the day over at Jared's house? And I say, good. Okay, great. And she just goes on cooking dinner or whatever. But what really happened was like what I maybe should have said when she asked how the day went was, I witnessed the death of a squirrel and it has affected me deeply. Can we please get some help for this? Right? That would have been being open and honest and vulnerable. But that's not how it goes for us. Right? We don't, we don't put words to these things. We often don't talk about these things. And unless a parent has, a, has done what, for, for lack of a better word, could be described as a perfect job of parenting where that parent is, is, has created a safe container where the child feels safe sharing these things or articulating things, these things or verbalizing these things, you know, the, the, the kid sees the thing happen, experiences the thing happening, and then just goes on living. And that's how it was for me. So it, it, it was significant, but I, didn't, I, I had no place to take it. And this is what happens. We have significant things happen and we don't have any where to go with them. So deeply, deeply disturbing, terrifying, traumatic experience that I'm left all alone with. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.